if you will, open up your Bibles to uh, 1 Peter 2, and uh, we're going to start today talking about how to grow up in God. We're going to call it, I believe right now, on to maturity. And uh, this is something that I probably, I don't know, when I first gave my life to the Lord, I didn't know you could grow spiritually. I didn't know that the Bible talks about spiritual babies. I didn't know the Bible talked about spiritual children. And I didn't know the Bible even used the term full grown or even the term growing unto maturity. I just thought, you know, you get, give your life to the Lord and that's it. And, uh, but are there things, you know, that could help us to grow? Clear things to help us to develop spiritually. Here would be the thing. If I didn't grow naturally, and I have, I would still be a baby. No, nobody agrees with that. I'd be acting like one of them might be six foot tall, but I would be a baby. Do you know in the Bible, uh, one of the writers in the book of Corinthians wrote to them, and he said, uh, you're still babies. Another time he said to a group, he told them where you should be of full age, he said, you are still a baby. So spiritual growth, he said, you should be here, but he said, you're still a baby. What an interesting thing. And he even qualified that because some people were still babies, they weren't able to do certain things spiritually. And we would know that is true uh, in the physical world. That if some people, you know, didn't have the opportunity to grow, it could really affect how they function in this life. And sometimes we take it for granted because we think our growth naturally just happened. But if you go to a third world country, I mean a really impoverished one, you see kids and their bones are this big around and their arms and their stomachs are sticking out and, and they can't do much. You know, they would just wear themselves out and they're not able to function a certain way. I remember when I was in California, uh, this pastor I knew I was at his church, I was visiting, and uh, one of his associate pastors shared a story about his kids. And he said he, you know, it had been a couple of years before, he said, and he worked full time at the church and his wife worked, so they would drop their child off at a daycare center. And the, the child was only, you know, six months old, and uh, just a great, great kid, great personality. So they said they dropped the kid off, and they dropped the kid off for, you know, a month, two months, three months, four months, five months, six months. They noticed this kid is not developing. Something is seriously wrong. The doctors examine the kid, and they, you know, the kid can't hold its neck up and just is not able to do certain things, and they thought... Man, we thought we had a healthy child. And so the doctor said, we, we're just not understanding this. And they thought, well, we leave the kid here all the time. So they started talking to the people at the school. And they said, oh, your child is the best child in the whole school. They said, well, that's awesome. But they're trying to figure out what's going on. 
And literally, they started talking, and they said, you know, all the other kids, you know, they cry, so we have to pick them up and do certain things and get them out of their chair. And they said, well, with your child, we just leave it in the chair all day long. For eight hours. And what happened was the kid never had to move its neck, never had to push up. And they actually, because that child was not given the opportunity, it was not growing physically. Not growing physically. Sometimes people need to realize that growth naturally doesn't just occur. Certain things that we do with our kids help them to grow. Are you with me? And in the Bible, there is such thing as spiritual growth, and it's really a pronounced thing, maybe more than we recognize. So if you will, go to 1 Peter 2, and we're going to begin here in uh, verse 2, and it says this. Actually, let's go to 1 Peter 1, verse 23. It says, having been born again, you know, that is a biblical term, born again. You can't be born again unless you're born once, right? I can't go to in and out again unless I've gone a bunch of times before, or at least one time before. So I go again, but you can't get born again unless you were born. And there was a time when Jesus met a religious person. His name was Nicodemus. And he told him, because he was like, you're teaching stuff, you know, in John 3. And we know you're sent from God. We know you're a teacher. And Jesus didn't just answer him, you know, trying to hide something. He actually said, after he called him a teacher, he said, unless you're born again, you won't perceive, re receive, and grasp spiritual truths. And it's interesting that a person needs to be born again. This religious guy, who's supposed to be a teacher of all the people in Israel, and is supposed to communicate spiritual things to the people, he said to the Lord, how can a person be born again or born when you're old? He was a teacher. He was a religious person. He was supposed to be communicating to all the children of Israel Bible principles, and he couldn't even get this. And Jesus said, you know, and Jesus had to explain to him that that which is of the spirit is spiritual and that which is of the natural is natural. And he basically said there's a natural birth and there's a spiritual birth. Are you with me? And, and, and so Jesus even said to him, he said that which we see in here is what we share with others. Basically what he said is, you're not even helping people to get born again. Because you don't know. And so the guy knew about natural birth, but didn't know a person could be 
reborn spiritually. Even Nicodemus said this. He said, because he didn't get it, he's like, can a man enter back into his mother's womb and be born again or a second time? And that's when Jesus said, no, you can be born natural and you can be born spiritual. And this verse here in 1 Peter 1.23 said, having been born again. So we're going to go a step further. If I can't enter into my mother's womb, and that's not what Jesus was saying, he said, you can get born physically, but you need to be born spiritually. This is why the gospel has to be preached to people. The good news. You know, there was a catchy phrase going around for a while that used to say, you know, something to the effect, you know, let your life show it, and if you have to, then preach. That is not a good term. Because people can't get saved just because they see you or I live a perfect or an imperfect life. That would be like saying, if you're just good enough looking, somebody's going to get pregnant. Okay, some people don't get that. It takes more than that. I know there's some people who think, be careful if you sit on the toilet seat, you might get pregnant. You know what I mean? It takes more than that. Not to be crude, it takes seeds. And unless there is no seed, and I mean, we've learned how to do it where you can just have, they call them a test tube baby, but they still get seeds. And without the seed, we don't reproduce. And I've said this because it's so profound to me. Humans are eternal beings, whether they go to live with God or not. They will live on forever. God put in a human the ability to recreate and create a spiritual being or a human that will live on for eternity either with the Lord or not. And he gave them that power. And I know that people may reject that thought and reject that idea, but they won't when we all stand before the Lord. They may argue now, but they won't then. They may say, well, I'm right. And they may say there are certain things that it doesn't matter. You could do whatever you want to do, but it does matter. And God gave humans the ability to procreate human beings that will live on forever. Tremendous power. Tremendous ability. And then gave humans the ability to raise that and gave them the the command to raise that person to uh, the right way. Now, I say that because humans were also given the ability to help people get born again. He gave us the ability to get people born again with seeds. But they're not natural seeds. They're actually the seed of the Word of God. The Word of God is so powerful, and we are the ones who have the ability to help people who are human beings 
get born a second time. And if you'll read here, he says something real clear once I get back there. 1 Peter 1.23, he makes the statement here, being, having been born again, not of corruptible seed or a natural human seed. Because in the human body, not trying to do some clash, you know, but those seeds only last for a certain time and that's it. And then, you know, there is no reproduction. But notice what he said. Having been born again, not of a corruptible seed, but an incorruptible one. Through the word of God. Notice the word of God is a seed. The message that comes from God is a seed. And the first thing it does for a person is when they accept it in their heart, and if they would accept the Lord after hearing the truth, and they would call on Him and receive Him, the Bible said they would be born again. How? They received the seed of the Word of God. And notice He said, having been born again, not of a corruptible seed, but through the Word of God which lives and abides forever. How do people get saved? By me living perfect? No. I mean, it is important to live a certain way because we don't want to just go, you need the Lord and, and act like a fool. You with me? I, and I understand we're, nobody's perfect, but at the same time, the gospel is the power of God, the Bible said, to salvation or new birth. And if people don't hear the truth, they cannot get born again. And when we use the term born again, we're talking about the spiritual part of a person. As a matter of fact, to help us define that there is a spiritual part, and we all believe this, I would assume, the Bible said the, the body, this part, without the Spirit, is dead being alone. So what animates a human being is the spiritual part of them. And when a person dies, their spirit leaves their body. Well, that we're talking, what we're talking about being born again is that spiritual part that leaves the body at death. But that spiritual part of a person can get born again here and now. You know, I've talked to people and I've said this and I'll say it again. Because some people say, why is God, if he's a loving God, uh, send people to hell? And I say, I've said this and I'll get stronger about it, uh, you know. He does send people to hell because he loves people. Somebody said, no, what did you just say right there? He sends people there because he loves people? Yes. Hell was never made for humans. If you even read Jesus' teaching, he said, hell was made for the angels who left their first estate. 
Hell was never intended for humans. The angels that left their first estate are full of spiritual darkness. They're not alive unto God. They're rebellious creatures. Humans that would study the Bible would recognize God created man in his own image. Man sinned in the beginning and spiritual death took hold of him. Jesus said to the religious people, you're of your father the devil and his works you will do. Humans by nature don't have the life of God. And what we need to realize is when people leave the earth, they leave their body. And if they're alive or born of God, they have the very life of God in them. People who don't have the life of God in them, they're spiritually dead. That doesn't mean they don't exist. They're just full of the non-life of God, what is opposed to God. And if humans are created above angels, according to the Bible, how many of you know that the earth is hostile? Not just physically, but if you endeavor to walk with God, there are some hostile forces. People are so like, why do people shoot people like that? That didn't happen until man fell. And if, if God let people who didn't have the life of God roam through eternity, heaven would not be heaven. Somebody said, well, I'd act right. No, people won't. Not unless you have the life of God. Therefore, if heaven is going to be heaven or eternal life is going to be a good thing, then we have to realize this, that for eternity, people without eternal life are going to be devoid of love, going to be devoid of patience, going to be devoid of kindness, and so on. And if they're allowed to roam, heaven or eternal life would not be a pleasant thing. They would be worse than fallen angels. Are you with me? And so notice this here. Being born again. This is the spiritual part of us. Not the mental part of us. Not the physical part of us, but the spiritual part of us. Now we're going to talk here and start looking at what it takes to grow spiritually. After a person has been what the Bible calls born again, made new, becoming a new creation, notice this in 1 Peter 2, verse 2. As newborn babes. So he calls people who have been born again or made new or who have given their lives to the Lord, he calls them newborn babes. Notice, as newborn babes desire. So notice this, it's newborn people. And this doesn't mean newborn like when you're one year old. This is what he was talking about with Nicodemus. He said, how can you, when you're old, be born again? So somebody who is older, not an infant naturally, can be born again. And he's going to tell you the foundation for all spiritual growth. There is no spiritual growth beyond this statement right here. 
Notice this. As newborn babes desire the pure milk. But notice he doesn't just say milk because we all know that natural babies, I mean, the first thing that happens when they're born is they pretty much do three things. And we know what they are. They eat, they poop, and they sleep. They eat, they poop, and they sleep. And maybe not in that order, but they eat. And they eat. And they eat. Newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that they may grow thereby. So if spiritual growth is not an accident, then he tells you right here the foundation for all of Christianity after someone comes to the Lord, the thing that will help somebody to grow is going to be the Word of God. Let me make that statement again. If anybody will ever grow spiritually, they have to get into the Word and eat the Word. Say, what do you mean? Like chew pages? No, read it. Read it. Read it. Now, we got saved by receiving the Word, but we grow by the Word of God. We grow by the Word of God. Notice he said, newborn babies grow by the Word of God. This is personal drinking or eating the Word. Isn't it interesting? We know that if a baby doesn't have the right fruit food, and if they can't have their mother's milk, they can't just have any kind of milk. They have to have milk that has certain nutrients in it in order for them to grow. And so he's basically saying, and Jesus said it himself, he said, man will not, in Matthew 4, 4, I believe it is, man will not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You know, words from God's word help people to grow. Everybody okay? I cannot grow without the word. When I gave my life to the Lord or committed my life to the Lord in 1985, a couple of things happened and nobody taught me this. But as I read the Bible, I saw it. The minute I gave my life to the Lord, within days, I noticed I had an appetite for the Bible. I just had an appetite. I had never read a book in my life. Somebody said, were you in third grade at that time? No, I had already graduated from high school and never read a whole book in my life. You say, is that possible? It's possible. All things. We sang that song. All things are possible. <laughs> you know, like I've said before, I was the one who helped the ones who were the head of the class to be the head of the class because I was the bottom of the class. You can't have the head of the class without the bottom. We had like 211 or 214 people in my class, and I graduated 200 and something. Not from the bottom, from the top. 
down there. I was pushing people. I've always been lifting people up. Just <laughs> didn't know it. But I never read a book, and I didn't care to. You know, I, I just didn't, did not care to. And uh, as a matter of fact, it was miserable to read. I was one of those students, you know, when the teacher goes, you read a chapter, you read a chapter, you read a chapter. I, it was horrible because I didn't hear anything anybody else is reading. I'm like, I'm 12. Okay, is he going to go this way and come back this way? Or is he going to go this way and then start back here? So I'm like, I have to read the eighth chapter and the 13th, because I'll be the 13th person this way, I'll be the eighth person this way, and I'm trying to read it so I don't go, and uh, uh, whatever. It was horrible. But the day I got born again and gave my life to the Lord, all of a sudden I had a, a hunger for the Word of God. Nobody commanded me, you need to read the Bible. Though inwardly, I knew if I was going to grow with God, nobody told me I was going to have to stick my nose in this book and start feeding. And then when I did start reading, I was like, this book is so different. This is not the same book that I had attempted to read before. Then I realized it is the same book. It's just different to me now. Because if you eat when you're born then it does something for you spiritually. And so when he said, newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word of God, he's basically saying there is nutrition in the word of God for an individual to grow. But you can't grow unless you've been born again. So you can't go find somebody who's in the world and say, your problem is you need to feed on the word of God. No, because that would be like saying you have an inanimate or non-living baby and say, your problem is you need to eat. No, they need to be alive. And the Bible said we know we've passed from death unto life. And so once a person passes from death unto life, in order to grow, they have to start reading the Word of God. And a one snack a month is not going to really do us too good. I mean, it's better than nothing. But if I told you, hey, uh, you're getting a little skinny, uh, start eating once a month. Said no nutritionist. Ever. Well, I just don't want to be hard on you, so how about once a week? Well, just start off real easy, said no nutritional expert. And if we're going to take nutritional advice from the Lord concerning our spiritual well-being, he told them, pray, Lord, give us daily our daily bread. Now remember, we're not telling people who don't know the Lord to eat. They don't have a spiritual appetite. They may want to know God. They may want to uh, come to know Him and experience Him for themselves. But just like me, I was like, man, my life is dissatisfied. There's got to be more to life. And a friend of mine started sharing the gospel. 
about Jesus dying and rising from the dead, and I was not real favorable to it, but I was like, I know that I don't have the answer, and one night I prayed and received the Lord. I got what the Bible said, born again. Nobody told me, open your Bible and start reading. I just knew, this is God's book. I need to eat. And, and to grow this important, you need to have more than one avenue of food. You have to have more than one added avenue of food. It's kind of the way and the design God set it up. Turn to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. And this is so important, and sometimes people don't realize. I've said this before, you often hear people who have known the Lord, who are not in church, not serving God, kind of doing their own thing, they will say this very statement. As a matter of fact, I talked to somebody recently who said this very thing. I said, man, you should come. You know, because I'm thinking you could grow with God. You could get fed the Word of God. Because there's differences between places we eat, isn't there? There's huge differences. You know, all food is not equal. If you think so, see, I used to believe that about macaroni and cheese. Kraft, there's nothing better. Then I went to an Italian restaurant and thought, why get macaroni and cheese? Because they're... All macaroni and cheese is equal. They're not. I know for some people are thinking, what are you talking about? Craft is the only thing there is, but there's different types. And, and we need to realize there's different types of food. And then, like I said, I've heard people say this, yeah, I don't go to church. I, I you know, don't do this, don't do this. But I still pray every day. I still pray every day. But can you grow if you only pray? No. It would be like going to a fire in a fire truck and never attaching the fire truck to a fire hydrant. You can only put out so much and then that's it. That's it. Then you, then, and because those same people, if they don't, after a while, even prayer ends. And if you would just give a good evaluation of the Word of God, you would recognize that prayer does not work without the Word of God. And that's why people think, well, I just pray. But the Bible, Jesus Himself said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, then you can ask what you want and it will be given to you. But if I take out the word part and go, well, I just pray, then I'm not going to get what I want. Covering myself from any stones that may come flying my way. Heretic, no, truth of the word of God. Jesus was the one who said, if you ask anything according to my will, which is, is in his word, then you can be confident that that will be granted to you. So the foundation to prayer and everything else comes out of the word of God. 
Notice this, and I said there's more than one way. Everybody you could say this needs that is saved or has given their life to the Lord, born again, whatever the Bible term you want to use, needs to start eating from the Word of God. Needs to start cracking the book for themselves. Because we, we don't want people to get to a certain place where, like the Bible said in Hebrews 5, at this point you should be spiritually developed, but you have to go back and eat meat or drink. Instead of eating the meat of the Word, you're having to drink the milk of the Word. And he said, you become a baby. Wow, that meant they had moved along and then they ended up being a baby again. How? Because they had quit eating the Word of God. Ephesians 4, 14. Or we'll start in verse 15. And now we're talking about there are two distinct avenues at least, and these are two primary things for people's spiritual development. My own personal time in the Word of God. And, and this is not to condemn anybody. I don't believe the Lord condemns people. I'm not going to condemn you if you don't eat food. But I'm going to encourage you. And if I don't have an appetite for food, something might be wrong with me. Everybody okay? Notice this, Ephesians 4, 15. But speaking the truth, which Jesus said, my word, the word of God is truth. But speaking the truth in love, notice this next phrase, may grow up. May grow up. Newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that they would grow thereby. Here he said, but speaking the truth in love may grow up. In all things or in every area. Now, we don't want just people to have good spiritual biceps. You know, you ever seen some people, they work out, their upper body is just like boom. Or somebody who rides a bike and their legs are like boom, and their upper body, not so boom. You know what I mean? Or the same way, because it's, they, you need to grow in all areas. Everybody alive? And so notice this phrase, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. You are the body, I am the body, he is the head. Boy, if you could use your imagination, wouldn't that be interesting? What does the body of Christ look like today? He's the head, we're the body. He's the head, we're the body. And the head is Christ, the body are believers. We're clear on that from the Bible. Could you imagine if the body doesn't match the head? He's trying to help us match the head. Grow up into him so when you look at the church, you're looking at Jesus in action. You're seeing a reflection of him. But the church will never get there 
without feeding personally and now in the context let's look at verse 14 that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro it's a picture of a boat in a storm that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro or back and forth with every wind of doctrine think about this so often especially today there are people who want to know are we near the end we read this stuff look what russia is doing the bible told us russia would come or certain nations would come against israel we're watching this stuff set up right now i mean russia is in syria turkey is in syria iran is in syria that's the next door neighbor of israel and the bible said Right before the end of time, Israel would come back, happened in the 40s, to become a nation. Then before the end, these certain names, the countries, would come against Israel. And there, it's just starting to line up. It, it, it even tells us this. It says before the Lord comes back, it would look just like Sodom and Gomorrah. So he said, but we're supposed to accept everybody. We love people, but everybody needs a Savior, and everybody can get free. And not everything is natural, and not everything is normal, and don't tell me I'm talking hate because I love people. I was bound by sin. I was addicted to alcohol. I was addicted to drugs. But there's an answer. And, and it is in the Lord. His power is available to humanity. But the Bible said these signs would drive us closer to the end. He, but here is the first sign and warning in the end times. Be careful that you are not deceived. You are not deceived. Notice here, speaking the truth in love you may grow up so you're not thrown about by false doctrine. Meaning this, that as the end comes near, there will be deceptive things to make people go off into error in different doctrine. But he said you can grow and not go off into error as the end comes. Amazing. He told his disciples, be careful that you're not deceived. And then after he said, don't be deceived, he taught them how to grow. And the foundation for growth is, do I personally get in the word? And then the other part of it is this, do I eat in a local body? Do I eat in a local body? Because in the context, he's talking about the church. He's talking about spiritual leaders who feed you the word of God. And this is so important to growth because as we grow and we're young in the Lord, we don't know everything. And you need somebody who's more mature, who has studied to show themselves approved so that when you're getting tossed, they can lay down some good foundation and so that it can help you to grow up on your own. Don't we teach our kids that, that, you know, you can just, when you're a little kid, you can eat anything you want to. We teach them that. See, doesn't matter. Twinkies, you want that? Good. 
Chicken nuggets, that's all you have to eat. No, we tell them, you got to eat your vegetables. We got to do this. Adults are given by God to help natural growth with kids. Spiritual leaders are given by God. They're called gifts in the body, given to help mature the body. So people need to subject themselves to this for spiritual growth. Notice there's a personal eating where you eat on your own and then there's a time where you come underneath somebody and hear them teach the Word of God. And it will help you so you don't get tossed in these days when deception is coming. Because, you know, even when I was young in the Lord, there were things, you know, I'd hear and think, yeah, that's great. What did the Word say? And I didn't know. But then I heard somebody who was a spiritual gift in the body of Christ, you know, a pastor, and it helped me to grow. So spiritual growth, if you notice here, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about by the trickery of men. Man, there are people out there that they don't know, but it's trickery. It's okay to live this way. It's okay to do that. It's okay to believe this. It's okay to do this. You know, it's 2022. Yeah, but back then, the Lord knew 2022 was coming. And he told us, if you want to be protected, you got to start growing. You've got to subject yourself to personal reading, feeding, and then without a congregation. Or it will be... Growth will not happen without both. Or it will be slowed, or could be slowed immensely. Let's finish this. That we should no longer be children... Tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, in cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But notice, how can I not be tossed to and fro, but speaking the truth in love? And if you go back to the 11th verse, he talks about how the Lord, just like he gave natural parents, and he said natural parents are to direct their children he said God gave spiritual gifts like pastors to feed the people so that they might grow up. Isn't it, isn't it a, a parent's responsibility to say certain things like, don't touch that, you'll get burned? Don't eat that, that will hurt you. And isn't it interesting, the child that is stubborn experiments sometimes with things that are real detrimental. Are you with me? And they can do some wild stuff. When I was little, my parents took me to the hospital one time. I had eaten a full bottle of adult aspirin. I had been there week after week, and the, the people at the hospital said, you, you know, they were going to call the police. They said, you're trying to kill your kid. No kid eats a full bottle of adult aspirin. And my mom said, he did. And they said, nobody does that. And I did. I still remember to this day, because I'm a good thinker. 
sort of. I was like, if they give one aspirin, you don't feel well. You could have a couple. And my friends are playing in the front yard. Why not just get a whole bottle of them and just eat them and you'll feel fine. So I did. And then they took me to the hospital. And they were going to call people, you know, and tell them this lady and this man are trying to kill their kid. They gave them a full bottle of adult aspirin until they tried to pump my stomach. And they said, if he doesn't want to, you can't get anything in his mouth. And there were grown men pinning me down. I still remember it today. They're trying to pull my mouth open. And I remember my mom sitting there going, see, I told you. And they could not get me to drink this stuff or get a tube down my throat. And I remember my dad just calmly saying, let me talk to him. And they said, now listen, if you don't do this, and they totally changed their thing. If you don't do this, they're going to stick a thing down your stomach and they're going to have to pump you out. I literally took the thing and drank it. They left me alone. They went, okay. But I was eating stuff. There are some people who are stubborn in their spiritual development. You can't tell me anything. I know everything. That's why we have to subject ourselves to spiritual leaders. Not all of them, but to the right one. And then read on our own and be teachable. What does the word say? Because as we read, but speaking the truth in love may grow up. Is that all we have to do? Well, there's more, but we'll be back next week. But we need to recognize, we need to be faithful to the church. But you can't just go, well, I'm just eating at church. If we're spiritually born, we need to commit to reading on our own. And we'll explain why and what it will do for us. Because sometimes people don't know just really what will happen if we follow God's plan in this area about how to develop.